turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. It's always hard to follow an oily stool commercial. But don't worry, everything ties in. I'm pretty sure that's the Secret Service's code name for President Biden. We've got oily stool. He's getting off the helicopter. Looks a little wobbly. But I'd like to use this as an event to tell you the kind of people we're dealing with. There was something that was went on today as um, diapers, Biden, the most embarrassing president ever to hold the office. And we've had some real winners. I mean, this guy makes the intern molester look like a statesman. It's true. Um, but uh, President Oily Stools was selling his Build Back Better, his infrastructure, the omnibus and every other nonsense that went on. But something caught my ear. Oh, but it did. I especially like to always prove beyond the shadow of a doubt the type of people that we have in charge of this country. The absolute and total, not just morons, which they are, not just corrupt political whores and mafia bosses, which they are, but absolute con men who will lie directly to you about anything, about anything. Now, here's the thing about Joe Biden. 80 fracking years old now that i understand we've got some old listeners and i love you people love you you're the, we're right behind the greatest generation there's no question however when you can't remember your wife her first name when you can't remember not only where you put your keys but what kind of car you drive i love that just stay in the house and walk around meander around and don't do any damage i certainly don't want you running the country because it leads to bad things you know everywhere not just in ukraine or china but right here but I want you to listen to something that is so such a blatant f- falsehood. It has to be called out. I grew up in a family where when the price of gas went up at the pump, gas station. We talked about it at the kitchen table. Now, we're all in different generations. It's the beauty of life, right? And we all have different experiences, and we all have different sections and little, little arenas in which we grew up in. But there's a very, very interesting an interesting fact. And this is from the government, and I knew this because of the old commodity business. There's a startling statistic about gas squirrel hands. You know what that is? Now, Joe Biden is old. There's no question about it. But let's just say from 1929. From 1929 to 1975, do you know what the one common denominator in gas prices was, squirrel hands? Bet you don't know. I'll bet you don't know. It was never above 50 cents. From 1929 to 1975, in fact, it averages right around 31 cents from the beginning of gas, from the beginning of uh, when they started keeping statistics, it never moved it flatline. Do you know why, squirrel hands? I bet you don't know why. Because we were the best and the brightest 
and the lightest and the sweetest crude. Oh, it's true. We had the best. It was uh, really right around the, the implementation and the bastardization of the Sherman Antitrust Act. When a bunch of political whores and pimps wanted to corrupt the lifeblood of society called oil. And they misused that against the target. That target was Standard Oil, among other conglomerates. And they made sure that us Americans would never experience such price stability. Never. So what they did is they misused their regulations. And they broke up these, these companies and their opportunity. And they made it advantageous to go to a far-off place. It's true. And in fact, to this day, in that useless desert run by inbred, wife-beating child molesters called Saudi Arabia, they're still pulling oil out of the wells with the Rockefeller wells. Oil out of the ground, excuse me, with the Rockefeller wells. Did you know that, Squirrel Hands? I bet you didn't. Because what happened when they misused that Sherman Antitrust Act, all the companies, all the American companies just said, oh, okay, if you're going to make it harder for us to pull the lifeblood of society out of the earth, then we'll go somewhere else. And we'll deal with those wife-beating savages dressed in tablecloths. We'll deal with those South American dictator communist murdering thugs we'll deal with it and we'll teach them and we'll cut out we'll cut deals we'll cut them in on the action and then we enriched these seventh century inbred morons who think they get closer to god when they mutilate their own women and blow themselves to smithereens that's the kind of society we've built in the middle east all because american political whores and pimps saw an opportunity to cut themselves in on the lifeblood of society and they're still doing it every single conflict has that denominator oil and money and i wanted to use this opportunity to tell you something during the trump years i railed against the policy with hong kong they had in office uh, a consultant who i personally don't like don't agree with on much he's got some valid points but he does that democrat trick where they use a valid point, and then they work in their own corrupt agenda. And I'm referring to Peter Navarro. Hong Kong was the bastion, the wedge, that could have been used to forever break apart all Asian totalitarian countries. There's no question about it. If you know anything about Hong Kong, anything about business, it was a thriving metropolis. It fell to Beijing's tyranny without a shot, without a tank, and without any, a word of it in American media. Without a word of it. Now, why? Why did it fall like that? Why did it go by the wayside? Because what China did, that Ukraine was trying to do, was China bought the right family. They bought the Bushes. Ukraine tried to buy the Bidens. But like so many Democrats, they pretended to be stronger, full of more power, even though he, he usurped the, president's, the presidential office. They didn't buy enough Democrats. And that's why you have this conflict right now. Oh, believe me, I know it's real and I know it's an atrocity. And this is what happens in former Soviet unions. Just like it happens in the Middle East when we enrich our favorite murdering cabal of morons called the Saudis. Same thing happens. Right now they're killing just as many in Yemen as are being killed in, in Ukraine. And neither one of it equals what's being killed on the south side of Chicago. But this is the kind of thing you have to be aware of because you've been inundated now for 48 hours. 48 hours, every newscast, every show about how this virtuous, this battle is in Ukraine and how we must give them weapons. That somehow is not an act of war. 
We are standing on the threshold of World War III, and the problem is we don't have the money because we're broke. They have to hide it in these bills and these lies and these speeches by these swindlers. But more importantly, we don't have, we don't have the, the, the weaponry. However, every, every war machine stock rallied today, as they always have been doing since Joe Biden's been in office. That's something to be aware of as well. But when I hear Speaker Pelosi or when I hear Joe Biden talk about how virtuous this is, I'm sorry because I don't forget anything like I didn't forget about oil. 1929 to 1975, under 50 cents. I don't forget what happened with Hong Kong. And I don't forget who was involved in it. So I proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that Joe Biden is a corrupt, bald-faced liar. And his mother and father never once talked about oil and gas prices. Never once. That's a lie. By the time 1975 came around, he was already a political whore. So he didn't listen to mommy and daddy. But you know who did listen to mommy and daddy? Neil fracking Bush. Oh, he did. He listened to mommy and daddy, specifically the CIA daddy. He listened to him about how to bastardize the American system, how to cozy up with communists, how to put lipstick on that pig and make your useless name and your useless family worth billions that the American people will never know about. I want you to hear Neil Bush at the time Hong Kong was being usurped in the same fashion that Ukraine was. They just couldn't put up a fight because they didn't have support from big America. So Neil, you, you, you first, uh, I remember you, you, you said something, you first visited China in 1975, and of, of, of course continued travel to China on a regular basis since then. So given you have made to China and traveled to China 100 sometimes, uh, so you have witnessed actually firsthand in the last, you know, four or five decades of the, of the, of the uh, tremendous changes that China has made. So, so maybe you can give your first uh, uh, assessment of what you see the relationship. Yes, I was there in 1975. My, my three of my siblings and I visited for five weeks. We were in Beijing for four weeks and then traveled with my mother by train. Do you know why, Squirrel Hands? Do you know why the Bushes were there for, for five weeks at that particular time when they were all little boys? They were just learning how to be crooks because their old man was a special liaison to Beijing. Right after Nixon got him in. Oh, it's true. The Wuxi, Nanjing, and... He, this is right also as he was taking over the CIA. No correlation. And um, Shanghai. Sure. And it has been a remarkable thing to sit on the sidelines and to witness this incredible growth uh, that China has experienced over the past 46 years when I was first there. You know why they experienced that? Because of the bastardization of the intention of what was supposed to happen. They were supposed to be introduced. But through the corruption of the Bush family, along with numerous, numerous Democrats. By the way, this goes all the way to Pelosi. It goes to the one with the speed racer hairdo, Diane Feinstein, and her scumbag husband, may he burn in hell, and the rest of them. But make no mistake about it. We're in this position because of the same reason you're, you're hearing propaganda on the, on the former Soviet Union on all fronts. It's always about political corruption and power. And this is going to lead us to the omnibus bill. This is going to lead us to all of it. If I were in Hong Kong and were to, to, to meet with a group of the people that are protesting, my first question would be, what freedoms are you seeking that you don't already enjoy? You know Why didn't they say that to the Ukrainians? What he's referring to is in 2019, when China engulfed, imprisoned, brutalized and murdered, we'll never know how, because their press is just slightly more corrupt than ours. Why aren't we saying that to the Ukrainians? What freedoms won't you have that you had? 
Listen to this. This is a Bush in reference to the seizing of Hong Kong. Where, what setbacks have you incurred under this one China, two systems policy? You know, back before Hong Kong was switched from the British to the Chinese, they had fewer rights in terms of electing officials. There had been an increase in, in the uh, kind of elected representational government, you know, since... Now, just to be clear, when Great Britain pulled back from Hong Kong, they had a 50-year moratorium. For 50 years, they were to govern themselves. 50 years. They didn't last 25 that's important to remember. And just as you hear Neil Bush put lipstick on this pig of how wonderful it is to be a communist. The Chinese takeover. Um, and I, as, as far as I know, I haven't heard of any of my Hong Kong friends that have complained that their freedoms are being ripped from them or there's some kind of a communist takeover or there's some kind of a nefarious effort to try to subvert their way of life. Now, the communist government has enriched Neil Bush, who is nothing more than a two-bit pimp, as a lobbyist to bribe his brother while he was president, and to bribe the family. And by the way, we don't know how much money. But what I do know is that spin he's doing, that's not nearly even close to the truth. This is from the BBC. In 2019, Hong Kong was rocked by pro-democracy mass protests. Now, many months on, the city is transformed, and not in the way protesters have hoped. Sounds like Chicago here. Listen the Chinese government has clamped down hard, putting in place restrictive rules and reforming the way Hong Kong is run. There's a stringent national security law that criminalizes anything that Beijing considers as subversion or collusion with foreign forces. Scores have been arrested under the law for doing things like chanting certain slogans, like freedom and liberty, waving this flag or organizing unofficial flag. election primaries. Those arrested include pro-democracy activists and politicians who face long jail sentences. China's also changed the way Hong Kong elects its local parliament, the Legislative Council. It's like Chicago now. It wants rigged patriots to govern the city. And anyone who wants to run will be screened beforehand. So it's easier to bar anyone seen as critical of Beijing. Not a word, not a word on anywhere about Hong Kong. Nobody even talks about it. After all, Neil Bush asked him, what freedoms are you losing? So when you see all the complaint about everything we're experiencing, it's always nice to have Heels Up Harris, the greatest lunch date in Washington, explain why you should shut your mouth. But that is our task. Our task is to show people that in many ways they got what they ordered. Right? They said this is what they wanted. And this is what you put in office, and this is what you're used to. This is what happens when you hire corrupted oligarch families, whether they be Bidens or Bushes or Clintons or pick a top echelon corrupt bastard who all of a sudden is worth 50 million that they admit to. Hundreds you'll never find out about. 312 642. 5600. I'll be back. AM560. The answer. It's all about the money, baby. All about the money. So as you're being inundated with this whole thing with Ukraine, I thought it was interesting that Hong Kong went without a news blurb. Nothing. Why? Because they had Neil Bush, the Bush oligarch system, among many others, 
running cover. It's China, the same country that owns the Bidens, the same one that is our mortal enemy, or at least is supposed to be, but doesn't have to be if Hong Kong and capitalism would have been, would have been strengthened. But in the meantime, why do that? See, the one thing that China did better than Ukraine, they bought more politicians than Ukraine did. Oh, don't get me wrong. Ukraine's getting the attention now. And whenever you see the Speaker of the House who can't speak, I always love to hear this dingbat. He's speaking before Congress. What do you expect to hear from him? And should the U.S. do more to help Ukraine? Let me, uh, I'll come back to that as you are indicating this morning. Chuck Schumer and I sent out a letter to the members uh, to say that on Wednesday morning we will have an address by uh, President Zelensky to the full Congress, House and Senate. That Zelensky makes me laugh my ass off. Uh, he won't be there, but he will He will video into us and he will tell us what else he probably would like video. to say. I, I have some indication of this. He asked me for this meeting when I spoke to him the end of last week. And this is what we'll be having. We're thrilled. It's such a privilege to have this leader of this country where these people are fighting for their democracy and our democracy. They're fighting for democracy. What about the people in Hong Kong? They're not fighting for... And did anybody talk about how we getting the money? Are we getting the money back? Or is it just simply charity? You know, I really enjoyed when a woman was interviewed in Chicago's South Side. We got a war right here. We ain't got to go over to where they having a war at. We having a war right here. Living in constant fear. And every day we getting shot. I get so sad of these sirens. Seems to be a daily reminder for Barbara Thompson as part of her South Side community is once again wrapped in police tape. It is so bad. And these polices, they working overtime. They so scared. I know they are because I, I fear for them myself. This time, Wait, I thought everybody wanted the police to be defunded and go away. It's not the case. Uh, last year, there were 3,766 people shot in Chicago. How many shot in Ukraine? A mass shooting shortly after 3.30 Sunday afternoon, just oh, outside of this Sunday. Little Caesars near 79th and Exchange. Whether it was a targeted shooting or an altercation. It's oh, shut up in your costume, you moron. Spend the money here. Put the soldiers here. Sorry, that's how I feel. Or am I, am I not a patriot? Hey. What's good for for Hong Kong, it's good for everybody else, the way I see it. Just buy yourself a political whore oligarch. You'll be all right. Jeff Warrenville. Hey, Sean, how you doing, brother? Good, how are you? Good. I talked to you about a week and a half ago. I, I told you I served in the military. Uh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. And so here's my issue. So last, I think it was Friday or Thursday or Friday, I listened to you, and you had Sean Stone on. I did. Friday. And I, I watched, I bought and watched that six-part docuseries. And, Sean, I, I really haven't slept well since. I'll yeah. be frank with you. Yeah, it's I know. Disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. But here's my issue. I'm a born-again believer and a strong conservative who's also a high school teacher. And there's times, Sean, where I wish I was Jason Bourne. And where are the, all those guys? You know, really, where are the, all those guys? And, and, and if that was true and there were guys like that, we'd be a lot better country with a lot better program and a lot better policy. There's no question about it. I mean, in all this, I'm just, the, the, the people I'm are cannon fodder. I'm really sick to my stomach. I know. All this crap that's going on. 
all the way into the Reagan years he, he talked about. Yeah. And I'm like, there's so many people I looked up to that I forgot that they're fallen human beings and sin like you and I. That's right. And we're supposed like, to, Jeff, don't be mad at me. I went along with you. We're supposed to have restraints in this country on only one entity, on only one group of people. Government and politicians, yet they are unfettered in their corruption. And we continue to get the bill. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. Oh, you know, when I was uh, uh, at the Merc, we used to go to the Bulls game when Michael Jordan was playing. I always loved this song. After he uh, stopped playing, I've not watched one game. Do you know I've never seen LeBron James do anything except make an ass of himself when he gives his political opinion? Very proud of that. Mike in Plano, this is a great... Mike in Plano, thanks for calling the show. Hey, Sean, you know, if uh, you had a chance to ask the Bushes why they do business in China, they would tell you it's because they're laissez-faire capitalists who believe in free markets around the world. Now, you and I know that's nonsense, but I want to ask you, Sean, as a true free market capitalist, if you were President Sean Thompson, what yeah. would your position be on China? Would you I advocate would for more favorite. isolationism? I would immediately ah. strip them from favored nation status. In that favored nation status, which is a creation of the Bush corrupt oligarchy, among other political whores, is numerous, numerous benefits. See, I don't believe in benefits for anybody. But I would have never, no one ever said that China is laissez-faire. What they are is they take advantage of slave trade. The laissez-faire country that should have get, been given all of the support intellectually and all of the support legally, which had the legal grounds to fight off China, was Hong Kong. China was always laissez-faire capitalism. Not, I mean, not, not China, excuse me. Hong Kong was always laissez-faire capitalism, not China. See, the way you, you break that wedge into communist totalitarians is to inspire the people and inspire them with the opportunity rather than the favoritism. See, but we're, that, that, unfortunately, Mike, is grabbing hold in this country. See, the only way you really move around in business now is favoritism from politics. They took that Chicago model and they went nationwide with it. And in there lies the problem. You see, when you have a corrupt government, the only companies that can thrive and do business are the ones with the government blessing. See, that's in order to take the power back, you have to break that corruption. So I'm not a pro-China government. I'm a pro-freedom, pro-people, pro-capitalism. That would have only come through the Hong Kong door. That door is closed now. So as far as I'm concerned, they need to be stripped of their favored nation status, and all American companies need to pull out. Period. End of story. The way that you always regulate things is through an honest system of competition, not a corrupt system of favoritism. You can't beat that. That's why the same Guido companies get the same Democrat government contract. So when they talk about the infrastructure and the rest of it, my stomach turns. And by the way, there are a lot of jobs coming to people that you're going to need to train up people. Listen Thanks to, to the bipartisan yeah. infrastructure bill. Uh -huh. Everybody knew and you heard from my secretary a little bit earlier. America is falling behind in infrastructure. We used to be number one in the world. We're now number eight. But now... By the way, he was senator, and a big senator during that whole decline, because senators and Congress people like this scumbag sold out to the corruption of the Chinese communists. That's how his son got the money. They bought him like the whores that they are. Not only is Infrastructure Week finally arrived, Listen to who's gonna we're benefit. talking about Infrastructure Decade, not Ooh Week. Yeah! Look at all the guidos with their Trump. unions. 
There we go. Here we go. Rivera authorized 4,000 projects all across the country, including 1,500 bridges in disrepair. And this is the best you're going to get from this idiot. Listen to him. President Oily Stuhl. Starting this year, not later, this year. Not later this year. All right, there's a sentence. The law is going to create millions of jobs, rebuilding Americans' roads, bridges, highways, ports, and airports, getting rid of poisonous lead pipes. Uh-huh. And 10 million homes and 400,000 schools so kids and families can have clean drinking water. Get to my favorite part. Get a little slum out there. Oh. We're investing $65 billion to deliver high-speed internet <laughs> everywhere in America. <laughs> Urban, rural. These are like the companies like AT&T that cut the deal with the bald daily. The smartest one. The only one that could form a sentence. Not the drunk that used to be mayor that sits at stray dog, gets drunk with his hooker girlfriend. Suburban, tribal communities. We can't be a country no. where a mother has to take her kid to the McDonald's parking lot to uh-huh. do their homework over the Internet. And by the way, this is, he's talking about the people, the same people, the poor people that qualify for food sustenance, for rent sustenance, for walking around money. The same one that get laptops for free. Not, not, and by the way, they already get the Internet for free. They don't even pay for Prime, which really fries me. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. And folks, the law is going to put an end to that, obviously. And the only, it's only the beginning. What the Hundreds hell is of billions of new investments are Hundreds on the way. Uh-huh. Today, Secretary Buttigieg announced 409 million in new grants, 70 new projects, 39 states. Just the beginning. Whew. Electric buses. Make bus service safer, more reliable, environmentally sound. Uh-huh. Helping folks in big cities, small towns, get to work and get to school. Projects like a new $15 million bus maintenance facility serving Atlanta. <laughs> $5 million to buy cleaner, more reliable hydrogen fuel cells for buses. Oh. Replacing old diesel engines uh-huh. in, south, in southern Nevada. So old much like more. You. It's now time for cities and towns to get ready. You don't have to wait until these infrastructure projects start. You're going to need more welders, pipe fitters, Here we advanced go. manufacturers. Uh-huh. And it takes training to get the job done well. And that's why all these programs, these apprenticeship programs, union programs. There it is. That's who's going to get the money. Let that same corrupt machine just turn the country into Chicago. You're going to get what you wanted. Linda, Payless Heights. Hey, Sean, I just want to make a quick comment on Nancy Pelosi, then I'll get to my point. Right. Do you think, every time I hear her talk, she sounds like, A, she needs denture cream, B, she's like three sheets to the wind, or yeah. C, she's strung out on something. What do you think it is? I think, I call her post-op Pelosi. I think she's hooked on a little Demerol. She mixes it with V.O. After all, how do you think she got to that spot in the 80s? You kidding me? Get off the table, Nancy. That was what they used to call her. Now go ahead. Anyways, my comment is, you know, I am really frustrated about the gas prices, as everybody is, but it doesn't seem to be a problem for people in Washington. What about, and I, and I respect your opinion, what about pushing, like, nationwide strike? And, I mean, you don't go to work, you're not on the radio, nobody goes, doctors, nurses, everybody doesn't go to work for just one day to drive a point home about energy costs. It would have what meant something. It would have it would have meant something prior to the government seizing all of our lives and our businesses for two years. I like the idea okay. before COVID nineteen. Now, Linda, we're so openly and notoriously corrupt that if they yeah. need the money, they'll print it up 
at the drop of a hat. They'll use the excuse of Ukraine. They'll use the excuse of climate change. They'll use the excuse of infrastructure. And more importantly, they have to keep the machine of paying off their, their campaign contributors and their thuggery and their foot soldiers off. So it used to mean something when we were an honest country. But when you can sit here and watch a 50-year political whore, a joke of a man, a moron before he was struck with dementia, now clearly suffering from it, continue to go and put lipstick on these pigs of, of omnibus spending and taxation and all the rest of it, yeah, you got a long, we got a long haul, kid. That's why when so you how go... Do we get, how do we drive the point home? I mean, like, what do we do? Like, you go, to, do you go to a state that the government in that state is fighting for you, and you put up the fight from high ground. And then you go to Donley Auctions and you buy oil signs so you could explain to your great-grandkids what a gas station was when America was free. That's what I think you should do. Thank you very much, Linda. I appreciate it. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I told you last week, I'm down here in Florida. I told you the bill that they were calling, what do they call it, don't say gay bill? It has nothing to do with that. That's not in it at all. That's not in it at all. All the bill is, is something that the people of Florida wanted. And what they wanted is for the Marxist scum at the teacher union, the scum that run the sewer of Chicago and New York and New Jersey and California, to not indoctrinate their children while they were nine years old. That's all they wanted. So they said from the time the baby is in preschool till the time the baby is nine, don't sell them that nonsense of that joke of a mayor in Chicago. Don't tell them that that's an option, that that's normal. It's not. Don't tell them that. That's all. So don't indoctrinate my kids with sexual perversion and your proclivities as if it was a resume builder. Because what happens then is you get a corrupt little freak who walks around and tells you how virtuous she is, not because she's smart, not because she stands on morals, but because of her sexual preferences. See, that's where we are in society today. Pete Buttigieg is in charge of trillions of dollars, not because he's good at anything, but because of his sexual proclivities. Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago, not because she's good at anything, but because of her sexual proclivities, because then their sexual deviant becomes a virtue shield. So we'd like that to stop. How can we stop that? Let's let the kids kind of get the information from their parents rather than your Marxist union teachers who could give a rip about the kids and only want their contract to be worth more money so they could drive better cars in the parking lot and pretend to be good at something themselves. That's what the bill really is. What critics call the don't say gay bill is on the Senate floor. Does it say that in the bill? I know that you support Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking, I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because I'm you are pushing that. false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. Well, it says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. I For who? For grades pre-K through three. Five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. The idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says is why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. See, those are the people in Florida clapping. There are 21 states putting up a fight against the Marxist infiltration of the education system. 21 states. Those are the states that the fight has to come from. Chicago, what did, what did Pritzker just say about the, about the electric cars? Everybody should buy one because he doesn't understand anything. He never did anything except bribe Democrats. He's not a man. Never worked a day in his life. $100,000 on a Tesla. That Bunny's brother couldn't even go to the family party because it was 150 miles away. He had to stop and plug it in for an hour. Morons. The damage that car does to the earth, the oil it takes to make those batteries and the lithium, they don't give a rip because they're in on the scam. Eight ways to Tuesday.
from the stock to the benefits and all the rest of it. The corruption is so high. It's like the sewer of Chicago. I have very good friends of mine, very, very smart guys, good friends of mine. And, and they can't get the job there. Why? Because they want to produce an honest outcome, an honest living. That doesn't get the job anymore. Now it's part of the corruption. So you're at the point now. Should you go into the windmill business? Ooh, the wind blows electric, and it's all very good. It's great. Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television. Should you get in on that scam? Or should you push back against it? I'm going to cut my nose off to spite my face kind of guy. I'm always going to push back against the corruption, against the totalitarian thuggery that we call politics. Open and notorious bribery pay to play. That's what the Democrats and Biden is celebrating. They'll always be celebrating. Did I go long on break again, kid? It's the fastest damn show on radio. 312-642-5600. AM 560. The answer. So Honey Bunny... Asked me if I saw Lightfoot in her Irish costume. <laughs> Good song. I said she normally likes to walk around dressed like Benson. Honey Bunny didn't know who Benson Dubois was. Soap? You ever see the the the, 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 the show Soap? The sitcom? Never? Honey Bunny? What the hell is wrong with you? You never saw the, the sitcom Soap that spawned Benson Dubois, the smartest butler ever dressed just like Lori Lightfoot? Or she dresses like him, I should say. She's the only woman that looks more ridiculous in a skirt. I like it. Go back to the Benson costume. Jeff Lincolnshire. How's it going? Good afternoon. I want to call in about our governor. I have a friend that did work at one of his estates. I don't want to say what kind of work. Yeah, I don't say so Beautiful estate. Sure. We went on and on about the estate, but he said the real cool thing was he has his own gas station. And by that, I guess he meant, you know, a pump on the grounds. Sure. So it's very convenient to talk about green energy when you got your own gas pump in your backyard. Sure. And if they go to methylene, he's like a cow. He'll give off his own gas. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. They don't live like you. These are oligarchs, American corrupt oligarchs. Now somebody go look how Grandpa Abe made his money. Huh? Little bootleg money, financing real estate. Nice way to wash it. What happens when the gangsters die? Ah, you don't have to pay back the money. Huh? Oh, yeah, I'm real reaching. I'm reaching. Tom and Dyer. Yeah, Tony. Tony, I'm sorry, baby. Go ahead. Yeah, hey. Yeah, just about the electric cars. I got a, I got an idea how to solve the problem for these dumbasses uh, at the, uh, sitting at the charging station. Yeah, I think it's... You just get a... Uh, Go ahead. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You get, a, you get one of those little portable gas generators and put it in your truck, and then in your trunk, and then just plug it in and drive. <laughs> I like it very much. Nice. Right? Or, right. And you, and you know, Tony, in your, in your scenario, I think somebody gets a credit from the government. I like it. See, Tony, only a capitalist like Tony could come up with that. Vince in Michigan. Hey, how you doing, Sean? Hey, Vince, how are you, buddy? Good. Hey, this truth and reporting thing, you know, if I get a speeding ticket and I go to court, I got to swear on a Bible that I'm going to tell the truth or go to jail for perjury. How come we can't make that? The same for politicians and, and uh, 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 people in the media. Vince, because you have a mind of morality and you understand right and wrong. The only entity, the only industry, the only individuals in this country that can lie with impunity and, and complete legal, look right in your face and tell you an absolute lie, is a politician. And do you know why? They write the laws that make it that way. So when well, they come sure. on and... When they thank you, brother. When they come on and they tell you these lies, there are no repercussions. In fact, what happens is they get more money and more power when they fail. So all they need to do is come out in their nice three thousand dollars suit that they stole from Brooks Brothers, 
put a little dead man makeup on like Joe Biden, like he got his 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 makeup done by my father-in-law, Galewood. And and they come out and they say, no, 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 you won't pay one dollar in new taxes. And all the morons that are so beaten down that have already adopted that mind of a slave that think they can't get ahead. You know what they say? Okay, and that's how you get the Chicago Democrat mafia nationwide. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Corruption is so pervasive because it deceives people and who's actually paying the corruption. Chicago property tax is the greatest example. Mike Madigan, one of the most successful mafia dons ever in world history, had a phony tax scheme. As he was bribed and lowered taxes, that money didn't go poof, you all paid it. That's how it really works. You all pay a corruption tax. Same can be said in Washington, D.C. Now, they may put different lipstick on that pig. But it's still a corruption tax that you pay. Though Bishop, the assistant editor for the Mises Wire, it will always be von Mises to me. He uh, also served as deputy communications director for the House Financial Service Committee. His articles have been featured in the Federalist, Daily Caller, and Business Insider. I am happy to be joined by Though Bishop. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, so glad to join you. Though, so when I uh, listen to politicians put lipsticks on pigs, I always say, boy, that's probably going to come back and bite me in the derriere. When uh, the greatest political whore, who now is a pimp, Joe Biden, said he was going to put sanctions on Russia, I said he's going to put sanctions on us. Then you wrote the article, and you called it even better than me. Lockdown 2022. Can you explain, in case a Democrat is listening? (laughs) Absolutely, Sean. Um... You know, it, it, what I think is interesting is that when we think about uh, uh, corruption at this point, we're not only thinking about the politicians, but also the expert class that is able to, you know, manipulate the mar- narrative in a way where, you know, it, it's, it's as if people in power get amnesia, right? You know, two years ago, you, we had a national calling to organize around a specific thing, in this case, defeating COVID. And for that purpose, Politicians then went around and engaged in extraordinary actions in locking down the economy. Um, surprise, surprise! You know, prior to you know Russia's invasion of Ukraine, um, you know, for the last year and a half now, we've seen the consequences. That it turns out you can't simply turn off an economy and then turn it back on, and then have it reboot normally. You know, there are supply chain issues that we're dealing with. Uh, the, the excess of the Federal Reserve policy. Um, that has caused all sorts of discussion, distortions on the, the inflation side of things. And then here we get a foreign policy issue where, again, you do have a nation invading another. This is a clear act of aggression. This is something that can be condemned by civilized people. And yet the response to this is something that we in the West, and particularly America, have gotten way too comfortable with, which is waging financial war and the consequences of shutting off a country the size of Russia to the rest of the global global economy, there's going to be very real consequences that we're already feeling every time we go to the gas pump. Um, 
prices that are not being explained to anyone. And we're in a situation where after everything that's gone wrong past two and a half years, past decade, um, you know, when the slowest recovery is coming out of the Great Recession in, in, in history, um, we are now told, don't worry, these extraordinary powers are being wielded and those in charge know exactly what they're doing. Uh, and you know, we should be we should be recognizing that the same exact problems that we had, you know, with these global economic lockdowns, we're going to face them in a very different, in a very similar way with cutting Russia outside of the uh, global economy. No matter what the underlying motivations are, um, and, and the emotional aspects that that are underpinning this, these policy decisions, and that's kind of the purpose of that article. So I have such a such a problem with this because I'm not an idiot and I'm cursed with the ability to reason. And when we see the history of Ukraine in conjunction with this particular American oligarch, the Biden crime family, and we understand that this has been something that has been ongoing for over a decade, where the Biden regime has been withholding funds to get certain political benefits in Ukraine. We see that the, the, uh, the moron son who, who, who was dating the brother's widow and, and all the rest of it and the money and yada, yada, yada. And now I'm supposed to buy this story. And I remember how often this formula of vilify, dehumanize somebody and then the American people go, yeah, get them, like, the, like, like young Frankenstein villagers. It's, it's, it's preposterous to me. So I understand that we're dealing with Soviet nations, and they are all corrupted to the point of almost a joke if it wasn't dire consequences and people weren't living as slaves in these countries, good, innocent people. And the selective Absolutely. attention by our government, I still don't buy the damn narrative. I don't buy it, and I'm not going to buy it. And when it's sold by such American scum like the Bushes, this is the only time you can see Democrats sound like the Cheneys. It's preposterous to me. Are there enough Americans that view this and have a memory more than 30 minutes ago to really make a difference? Yeah. Well, and the problem is the people of Ukraine have been used as, you know, a, a the weapon. The people of Chicago, by both. same thing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it is explained by both, you know, the, the West and Russia have placed this country into a proxy war for decades now. And, and so a lot of the people in the West that, that are, you know, sharing, you know, you're trying to make uh, Zelensky into a superhero and, and putting Ukrainian flags next to the, you know, their, their Twitter handles. I mean, it's the policy decisions of the West that have been exploiting this country for a very long time, and surprise, surprise, it gets to the point where Putin responds back, and these are the consequences of it. And so you're absolutely right that the political class of this country have been exploiting these parts of the world, and, and now the people that are, bear, are, are bearing the cost are not only the people in Russia, that obviously they're in the most immediate harm, it's, it's, it's their nation, you know, their nations that, are, that are, are being attacked from kinetic warfare, but it's also the American people who the policies of their government and, and this includes not simply the Biden administration and the sanctions that have been put on by the Treasury, but, you know, you had bipartisan action on cutting off oil imports. Again, I understand the emotional, you know, the argument to there, but again, there are economic consequences that are, value, that, that are free of those underlying moral judgments, and these are policies that are going to impoverish the most vulnerable Americans. Again, the cost of, of energy, of gas, Again, just wait until it comes into fertilizer and its impact on the food supply. I mean, this is not increasing the cost of uh, uh, you know, you know, electric goods, 
uh, from a tariff with China. I mean, these are bare necessities that our government is depriving of us with these financial uh, warfare tools. Isn't this to a certain extent what the people of America deserve? After all, we have a bunch of politicians that don't buy their own gas. The vast majority have drivers. This is a city where there is no recession, no matter what happens around the rest of the country. And they have been so successful at propaganda, whether it be uh, in foreign policy or domestic. For instance, I'm also very troubled that I have to hear people who really cannot afford to pay more in credit card fees and have all of their floating credit drastically raised be be raised to a point of poverty for them for the vast majority of this country 40 percent can't write a check for a thousand dollars over 50 percent are on welfare in some form or another how many are living on credit card uh, wealth versus earned income it's a staggering statistic yet here we are you've successfully propagandized people to chant for a rate increase at the worst possible time and how does this when you combine it with what we're seeing in Ukraine and Russia and all the domestic sanctions being put on the people, if this rate goes up, how does this not end in a depression? Right. I mean, the, the Fed has backed itself to a corner where, again, by, by getting addicted to this, you know, to, to the, the financial policies of you know, going back to 08, I mean, they're now in a scenario where, again, it wasn't that long ago where, where Jerome Powell uh, was you know starting to simply uh, uh, you know allow Federal Reserve balance sheet holdings go uh, you roll off the books that even at the peak of the Trump years where real salaries were going up and the economy uh, it, it, you know was actually improving in, in, in ways that normal Americans were actually feeling even that those you know, simply easing off the gas back in 2018 was ca- was causing concerns with financial markets you combine that now. With you know everything that, that is the, the inflationary pressures, the, the the even greater increases of debt. I mean, the problems that we have right now. There's absolutely no way the Fed is going to be able uh, to increase rates without t- tearing the whole thing down. And this is it, it, the Fed's also at the, 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 the has a secondary issue though, where you know they are, they've now made such a big uh, uh, demonstration of, of you know recognizing okay guys we're getting really serious about inflation now you know. The, the, the communication tools of the Fed erode when they're having to constantly change their own strategy. And so this is a, a situation where, again, we are now engaging in extraordinary policies of being told that the people that got us into this mess can be trusted with getting us out. And again, it's, I, I, it's going to be fascinating to see how many Republicans are going to campaign on Biden inflation and then vote to, to put him, put Jerome Powell back at the Fed. I have a feeling it's probably going to be, you know, they, start with yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, all, all the usual suspects are the first ones lining up to do that. So here's another problem. Everyone, I was having a conversation with a very smart, smart guy today. And everyone was talking about the, the past way in which Paul Volcker, used interest rate manipulation to kind of curb the, the, the ramifications of not just Jimmy Carter, but also you could trace it back to Nixon, right? And all of the nonsense inflation we faced at that time. But here's the major, major difference that, though, I have never heard anyone speak of. At the time that Paul Volcker did that, 80% of the country didn't have a personal credit card. Right. Who had a credit right. card in 1979, 78? Rich right. men did. And those men didn't have balances. Now every moron 
who can fill out an application, not only has a credit card, but has a balance they probably aren't going to be able to pay off for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So when the first cost to go up on everybody is credit cards. How do you not... They've never had that. How can they predict mm-hmm. that when 60% of the country can't write a check for $1,000? Right. right. How, I mean, has that been given any thought? Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the great reset in this country was when we t- eliminated you know, any sort of savings culture. And, and the problem is, is that you know, it, it has made us dependent going pay, you know, far too Americans are you know, going paycheck to paycheck or relying upon you know, the credit card loans, uh, payday loans. You know, they're, they're the, and, and there's a lot of people, again, my age, that, that you know, have never been able to, to work their way out of the consequences of, you know, can, you know, increase in housing prices and things like that. I mean, the, the vulnerability of Americans right now, and, and, it, and it's the direct result of conscious policy decisions. This is not the consequence of factors beyond our control. This is not the, the consequence of Putin you know, invading a foreign country. These are the deliberate policy decisions that the Federal Reserve has taken to make the most vulnerable in this nation. So to be you know, in that state by a limit, by, or by, by you know, in putting us into this, this very low interest rate environment where, again, if, if you are uh, getting any return off of that, you've been pushing increasingly riskier assets, right? You know, there's, it's, it's the entire society is, is so much more vulnerable, again, the direct result of, of an export policy class that continues to give themselves more and more power. So as you look at this, from a learned position, from somebody who understands the ramifications, I've come to one conclusion. This is absolutely and totally intentional. And the greatest way to overturn a people is to bankrupt them. From the first time that they shut it down that I couldn't believe Donald Trump took the bait. From the first time they shut it down to this point in our history, when we have more debt that we admit to, than is almost imaginable, let alone the unfunded liabilities, which are in the, I say it's $260 trillion, who knows? You can't possibly pay it off. Is this not the greatest bear trap of that whole national world reset BS that Schwab and the rest of them have been selling? I mean, you can only look at this knowing certain economic principles and say absolutely unequivocally intentional, and forever distraction with wars all around, and in the meantime, try to fake it until somehow you make it, but the country cannot exist unless an omnibus bill is stuffed under the cover of a Ukraine-Russian war. The country cannot exist without continuing resolutions for the last, what, 40 months? How can you not come to the conclusion it's intentional? If it was not intentional, it's exactly what I would do if, if that was my intention. And again, it's, it's a scary situation that we find ourselves in. And, and, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, who are the ones out there? I mean, you know, there is no opposition party that is structured in this country to, 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 to do anything about it, right? You know, Donald Trump is good on a lot of things relative to, pol- to, to political norms. There are a handful of Republicans that might be able uh, to, to at least, you know, discuss in broad terms the consequences of the Federal Reserve policy and, and some of these larger systemic issues that we have. But th- there is no you know, solution that's going to come about from a single election. This is not, you know, the, you know, there's no Republicans with one big plan on making a significant change in any of this. And, and hopefully, you know, we've now gotten to the point where 
you know, I, obviously there's a, a large percentage of the country who will b- believe the established line and, and will put on whatever you know, social media you know, banner is the appropriate cause of the day. Um, but I do think that there is more people that have woken up to how malicious the regime we have currently is, uh, how cynical and, and destructive it truly is after everything we've seen over the last two, five plus you know, years in this country. And, and that's the first, because ultimately it's what do we do as individuals to best protect ourselves and, and our family and our community in the face of these sort of pressures. Um, you know, that's what we have to focus on rather than you know, falling into the distractions of, of and, you know, the, and, the purely political side of things. And the opportunity is. There are actually politicians, and I'm shocked to say this, I never thought I'd say it, that I hear on the what would be perceived to be the left that have the same outrage in the, in the systemic corruption that we have. And I think that right now you have an opportunity to break away from these historic corrupt parties that share the same bank and kind of have that reset, only not the Schwab way, the American way, and start a new party of Americanism and principles of capitalism. I think I'm always optimistic. I think it can happen, but I do think it will come from these strong states, and I do think it will come from uh, Ron DeSantis, quite frankly. And uh, I think that that's really our only hope. Well, as a Floridian, I can tell you, you watching Ron DeSantis become the position he he is in right now, what's always been interesting about his brand in particular is that he has taken steps against, you know, corporate tyranny and and positioned himself in ways that have, you know, upset the Chamber of Commerce crowd and those typical sort of big businesses um, that, you know, a lot of Republicans are under the sway over and uh, sway under. And and that that aspect of standing up to both uh, uh, big government and particularly federal overreach, but also recognizing the ways in which some of these large uh, you know, this managerial class that we have in this country, their ability to truly become the enforcement wing of these progressive policies. And DeSantis understands what time it is. He's understand, you know, he's taking on that battle. And it's interesting to see, even if it's out of their own blind opportunism, what, you know, what, what does it look like to have a class of Republicans that follow that example? Uh, so thank you so much for joining. I really enjoyed the conversation. I love your work that can be found at Mises.org. By the way, can you get me into one of these damn think tanks? I've been begging guys since I got the show. <laughs> Nobody throws me an invite. I bought a sports coat. I have the little elbow pads. For God's sakes, though, can you bring me up at one of these things, please? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, there are some discussions about coming up to Chicago here soon. So I'll find out some information. We'll be in touch. Yeah, all right, very good. Yeah, There's a guy that I'm never going to hear from. I feel like your prom date. Thank you. His name is Thole Bishop. <laughs> I truly appreciate it. We'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. All right, so you can find the show on uh, YouTube, Rumble, because uh, there's a chance over the next couple of segments YouTube's going to censor me like Beijing. Because in America, which is supposedly built on the Enlightenment, Freedom of speech, you know, like number one, that doesn't fly anymore. The year of the fascist Marxist mafia Fourth Reich, also known as President Stuhl, that has seized control of my country. They are now using their corruption in corporations to promote their agenda. So if you have a, uh, a contrarian opinion of state-sponsored bull dung, they tend to use that and have you taken off platforms. 
which I say, good, show me who you are. Show me who you are. So when Nancy, I can't feel my face, post-op Pelosi, when she was giving a speech about how wonderful it is to give Ukraine $14 billion that they have no idea how they're going to pay it back, or is it really a payback? I don't think they have to pay it back. After all, we're just reimbursing them for what they bribed President Oily Stool and his crack-smoking son for, among with other notable Democrats, all the way up to Obama. Although, for what he has to face with on Saturday night, there's no dimmer switch that can control that. He's, he deserves to steal the money he gets. She was bragging about the money of an omnibus bill. And I got some questions, baby. See, writ large, because the assault that the beast Putin has been uh, foisting on those people, the acts of bombing. Can I just say something? It's an old CIA trick. I, I have the clip somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll effort to get it later on. You have to dehumanize the enemy. You have to vilify because you have to get the American morons to light the torch and say, get him, like Frankenstein. Although it's starting to look a lot more like young Frankenstein to me. But you have to, in essence, do that in order to, to hide the multitude, the multitude of corruption in these plans. So the fact that they were able to smuggle in a $1.5 trillion omnibus bill, 2,700 pages, and we're still trying to figure out what's in it, is what the real get is let alone the, the payoff for the bribes that Ukraine already bribed American oligarchs with. Uh, maternity wards outside the, the circle of civilized human behavior. So we'll see what he has to say. Uh, but we, in this bill we passed and the president will sign tomorrow and the omnibus bill, bipartisan bill, with uh, over $13 billion in our next installment of assistance to Ukraine, which will be about humanitarian assistance, about military and defense assistance, and about economic assistance. We'll have to do more in terms of meeting the needs of some of the 2.7 million refugees now. 2.7 million. It's a, it's a number that is almost incomprehensible and not... It's a month's worth of illegal aliens from the southern border. By the way, we got Russians coming there now, too. Finished yet, sad to say. So this, it's going to be, remember, I don't know if you've seen your phones yet. Listen, it is I drunk. guess we just sent down that letter um, extending that opportunity for us. It will be a privilege for us to hear from this champion of democracy. <laughs> um, in this is going to be riddled with massive, massive amounts of money. And what's happening now in America, ironically, not really ironically, as we always said, as Reagan understood, the fascism will come from the left. What's happening now is that anybody who speaks out against the acceptable narrative is um, having the former Democrats admitted Marxist mafia call for their heads. All oh, and look, I, I, but I think that's an incredibly relevant question. Yeah. And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. That's being, if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator, mm -hmm. it should be investigated. In fact, I remember when Tulsi Gabbard, mm -hmm. and I even hate that we're discussing it because I think to myself, who is this woman? She's a, you know, she's no longer in Congress. She's a failed presidential candidate yeah. she only pr practically exists on twitter and the, the failed presidential ca candidate is the greatest lunch date in washington history also known as heels up harris
fact that we're giving her oxygen is what makes her relevant, that we're talking about her on hot topics. But on the other hand, how do you not call out something that is repeating mm -hmm. false Russian propaganda well, that has been I, brought down? They used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If they thought you were uh, colluding with a Russian agent, if they thought you were putting out information or taking information and handing over to Russia, yeah. they used to actually investigate stuff like this. And I guess now, you know, there seems to be no bars, and people are not being told to hate Putin. Putin doesn't need a reason to be hated. It's pretty much clear. He started a war. He started a, an unnecessary but war this is kind that of nobody like, wanted. Isn't this so did Xi Jinping. So did the Saudi inbred scum. So did Joe Biden. Oh, but he did. Back then when they were freedom fighters, they became the Taliban. So did pretty much every sitting Democrat thug politician who armed the Taliban, and then they gave him a country. Not to mention, what do we do in, what do we do in Libya? What do we do in Yemen? What do we do in Iraq? What do we do in Somalia? What do we do? What do we do? And I understand that you're supposed to buy this lock, stock, and barrel. I get it. I get it. However, I think it's, it's, it's truly an atrocity when if you question things, such as Tucker Carlson or Tulsi Gabbard, you are then called an asset of Vladimir Putin. Because what, what they need is for the people to light the torch. Just light the torch, hide the corruption in it, and everyone can forget about all the trillions they've already passed, how they haven't even got the money out yet, but it's going to go out to their mafia. I took office last year in the midst of the worst health pandemic in a century, the worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. I knew we had to design a rescue plan with your partnership to meet your needs. Between the rescue plan and the infrastructure, you're at $4 trillion. Not to mention all of the other bills and PPP and all the rest of it. In the meantime, Jake Sullivan, who is a CIA, an ex-CIA employee, who's been with Biden since he could remember his address, wants to, ta to tout another corrupt system, NATO. And yes, it is. Riddled in scandal for 50 years, and nobody gives a rip about the misappropriation of funds, about the accusations of the, of the assaults by the people who make up NATO. It's outrageous to me. Here this is getting very close to NATO territory. Is the U.S. policy that any strike into Polish territory or airspace, intentional or unintentional, is an attack on NATO. What if the strike comes from us? Oh, I know we've never done that. Oh, no. Gulf of Tonkin. We never. We never started wars. Not at all. Just so you light the torches like Frankenstein. The problem is, this country's starting to look like young Frankenstein. What knockers. Oh, thank you, doctor. There she is, Nancy Pelosi. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. One thing I loved about Donald Trump, I like I loved a couple things, but the one thing I really, really loved was the foreign policy. I even love when he blew up that Iranian scumbag who looked like Dr. Javargo. What was his name? Soleimani! Soleimani got a missile to the forehead. Good. That's what should have happened here. You think Putin's going to take him out? Missile to the forehead. I'm all for that. But there's no money in that. Money's in the other stuff. Money's in this stuff. 
Oh, but it is. And now you're going to hear the murmur. China's arming Putin. It's a proxy war, yada, yada, yada. And in the meantime, you've got President Oily Stool, 80 years old, can't remember if that's his wife or nurse, and doesn't remember if, where his car keys are or why his socks are wet. I can't figure it out. My socks are wet. Mike on the south side. Hey, uh, Sean, how's it going? Good, buddy. Yeah, I was uh, telling your call screener, the uh, the folks were actually uh, funding those biolabs out of the Pentagon. And it's uh, the DTRA, which is the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. And they're uh, funding over nine biolabs in the Ukraine, which is basically, you know, almost like somebody funding nuclear weapons development right on your border. And also, and, uh, wouldn't the, that have made, I got a question for you, Mike, wouldn't that have made the accusations? By the oligarch with the tiny giraffe and a propensity to put strippers on a yacht called Rootin' Tootin' Putin, wouldn't that have made his accusations correct? Absolutely. And uh, the DTA, the DTRA, uh, his previous name, you'll like this one, is the Defense Special Weapons Agency. Ooh. You notice how they changed the name from yeah. a special weapons agency to a threat reduction agency? I like that. It's almost like Pfizer with uh, side effects versus adverse adverse events <laughs> you almost have to laugh at this mike it's one giant oh, it, it, it's one giant scam and nobody's talking about are we still in syria don't we occupy a third of that country and isn't it the oil fields if i remember you right. know and, and you know and so in syria you know what you were talking about libya in libya Gaddafi had a 300 billion dollar gold surplus and he wanted to come up with a different currency yeah and so they took him out and then you had Where's the gold did they find the gold after they took them out? They took it. It's gone. Where'd it go? Did we give it back to the Germans yet? They still can't get their gold. They've been trying for about 40 years. Well, and then, then you had uh, Mubarak of Egypt, who was our friend for 30 years. You had the Muslim Brotherhood take him out. And then once they inserted somebody that Hillary Clinton inserted in Obama, they, were, they started blowing up the Coptic churches Yeah. until the general took over. Mike, when you start talking like this, you know what's gonna you know what's gonna happen now, don't you, Mike? You big dummy. You know what's gonna happen now because everybody's listening to you. They're gonna come out with a Delta Cron. Oh yeah, there's a new variant, <laughs> Delta Cron. You're gonna love that stuff. It's like the bird flu, only this one hurts us, and you're gonna need a shot from Pfizer. Thank you, Mike. And here's why you had to do a little ballot harvesting to get my guy out. Has been treated the way it is right now. Other countries are lecturing us and telling us what to do. And that's why we are seeing chaos and mayhem and bloodshed all over the world. Never been a time like it. Meanwhile, you have warmongers like this crazy Liz Cheney. She's a nut job. And Adam, Adam Kinzig, you ever see him? He gets on television. He cries all the time. He starts crying. I don't know. Governor, is that an actor? Is he serious? He's crying all the time. We call him crying, Adam Kinziger. But oh boy, oh boy, they all support the war, don't they? They support the war. Chuck Schumer supports the war. Nancy Pelosi, a lot of money in war. And who do you have to think about it? Not just the corrupt Democrat scum and the ballot harvesters and the rest of it, but the Republicans that wear a toupee that is so obvious. You, it's ridiculous. They, they, they should put a dog on their head, whether it's Frank Lutz or George Will. Does anyone think that that's George Will's hair, the never-Trumper scum who's responsible? For Joe Biden? But when you're in the hole, quit digging. It's the law of holes. <laughs> and we have 7.9% inflation. And the week that that is announced, uh, Congress passes another 1.5 trillion tranche of, of... Oh, don't complain about it with that dog on your head, you scumbag. You're the reason we're in this position. 
the Democrats, scum, mafia, and the never-Trumpers. Oh, I don't forget a thing, George Will. You're another one. They better put a urinal on your tombstone. Spending. As the government was announcing it in the first five months of this fiscal year, during which inflation lowered Americans' real wages in nine of 12 months. Man, I can't wait to get back on the road again. I got a little propensity to get even with people, and all your tombstones are going to need a urinal cake. It's true. Makes me feel good. It's mean. I know. I feel better. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. The only systemic problem this country has is systemic corruption within the government. Period. End of story. It's not a representative republic. It's a gangster government. Any excuse to pay off their contributors, any excuse to spread that corruption into the future. That's why when I saw this $1.5 trillion omnibus bill stuffed in the, the, the emergency rescue plan, I said, you almost have to love what kind of year this corrupt mafia we call a Democrat party is having. I wanted to bring on Harris Alec, who's been with me since the beginning. He's a reporter for the Washington Times covering Congress and energy issues. And in this 2,700-page payoff scheme, there's nothing but that in here. Harris, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Always a pleasure, Sean. I'm doing really well. Uh, glad you guys found the article interesting. Yeah, there's about um, $8 billion worth of earmarks, uh, 367 pages out of this massive, gargantuan 2,700-page uh, bill. And in many cases, these earmarks are significantly more than even the Biden administration wanted. For instance, uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles Schumer received about $259 million for his constituents in New York. Um, in many instances, this money was significantly more than the Biden administration wanted, as I just said. Uh, there's one instance in uh, western New York where uh, Senator Schumer was able to insert an earmark into the bill, getting $5.9 million for this harbor project out on Lake Erie, when the administration only said they were going to give about uh, $680,000. That's significantly more money than a bank would ever loan for a project that's only been deemed um, you know, capable of supporting $680,000. So I think this is really interesting. Um, obviously, there's a lot more to dig in here, but, you know, people are very upset about the earmarks. You know, they, they look at this and they say, well, inflation is at 7.9%, and Congress has just passed another $1.5 trillion bill. You know, Harris, I'm old enough to remember when this was a problem, and the Republicans and even some Democrats fought to get rid of it. It was way back in the 90s, wasn't it, when they got rid of earmarks? How in the hell did this become commonplace once again? And you're talking some serious numbers. This is seriously a payoff, pay-to-play scheme. You know, that's what it's called in Chicago. And has the rest of the country figured this out, or are we going to have to wait for the morons to catch up? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I won't hold my breath, Sean, if you will. Um, you know, obviously, earmarks actually uh, were kind of around the 90s. They went away and they came back. Uh, they most recently went away in 2010 because when the Tea Party wave came in, House Republicans said, we're just not going to pass anymore. And then, uh, obviously, when Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell won a majority in 2014, they kept that same promise. Lo and behold, in 2018, Nancy Pelosi came back in on that so-called blue wave, and they brought him back. But because the Senate was in Republican hands, they weren't able to pass any 
And then when, uh, obviously, the Senate flipped very, very narrowly in 2020, uh, Pelosi and Schumer came out and said, we're going to bring them back. And this is the first time they have been brought back. And there's something like, I think, about nearly 5,000 earmarks in this bill. House Democrats and some House Republicans were limited to only choosing about 10 earmarks apiece, which by most standards accounts for about $10 million each uh, of money they can funnel back to their district. Some senators got uh, significantly more. Joe Manchin was out today uh, essentially touting the fact that he got $166 million for West Virginia in that one bill. Uh, this is a significant amount of money, and I think people uh, were essentially trying to actually strip some of this money out there. Mike Broad, uh, the Republican from Indiana, had an amendment that would have actually gutted all of this pork spending out of the bill. But uh, that amendment needed about 51 votes to pass. Uh, it failed by about like a margin of 68 to 35 because 16 Republicans crossed over and voted with Democrats to keep the earmarks in place. And some of these Republicans like Mitch McConnell didn't actually have earmarks. Uh, while some significantly did, but you know, this just kind of shows you what well, business as usual is like in Washington D.C. when uh, the country's on the brink of a massive fiscal crisis. When we don't know what's going to happen in, in Europe at, at any moment, um, congressional Republicans and Democrats are passing multi-trillion-dollar bills. And this 1.5 trillion-dollar bill, I have to stress this: this bill is only good for six months. So, I mean, obviously, your your audience at home can kind of do the math: how much are we spending per month for the next six months? And the other thing is, too, Harris, is that this is not in a, in, in a vacuum. We're already spending ridiculous amounts of money. Uh, uh, I think his security name by the Secret Service is President Oily Stool. But Biden was out today talking about the infrastructure bill as he's still doubling down on Build Back Better. They're still going to double down on the, on the Green New Deal, which they're piecemealing into our society in general anyway. Ultimately, this is inflation. Misappropriation of funds and government failed spending is inflation. Apparently, the, the, the national economic understanding is about 6.2% of, of society. Will they be able to sell this long enough to get through the midterms, or will there be a righteous election cycle where even the Republican scum that voted for this gets thrown on their ass. I think they're obviously going to try to sell this for the rest of the cycle. I mean, you know, uh, a few years ago, uh, a trillion-dollar bill was kind of considered a uh, an outlier. And now it seems like every few months Congress is, is passing another one. You know, they passed a $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief bill, which essentially paid people to stay home at the height of the pandemic last year. Uh, they passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, which added about five hundred uh, uh, added about one hundred and sixty million dollars to the deficit. Now they passed uh, this uh, one point five trillion dollars six month budget. So I mean, you know I think I think the American public is starting to wake up and realize that this is just pumping more money into the economy. And at a time when there's too much money chasing too few goods and inflation's hitting eight percent, it's probably going to hit nine percent next month. I think people are seriously concerned, and I think there's a massive red tsunami coming in November. However, you know, I think uh, I think Congress is going to try to get in one last big deal before um, so many members are swept out uh, in this big GOP wave. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is another uh, massive $1.5 trillion package that comes in in September. Because what they're going to say is essentially all, all the Democrats are going to come together and say, well, looks like we're going to lose the midterms. But, you know, the Republicans might shut down Congress starting in January. So let's pass a, you know, a, a $1.5 or $2.2 oh, two trillion dollar bill to you know, prevent them from doing so. And there are a lot of Republicans and a lot of Democrats who are gonna fall in line for that type of rhetoric because they're gonna say, Well, 
you know, we saw with the Tea Party, and I was like, we don't want any more government shutdown. Let's just, you know, let's let's take that off the table for any GOP majority that comes in in January. And that's unfortunately what's probably going to end up being the case, Sean. So I have a question for you, and I'm just talking monetary policy for just a minute. But this is your, this is your house here. This is your wheelhouse. It takes uh, about a dollar and nine cents to buy a euro dollar. It's obvious that this country is so bankrupt that they can't exist without 30 days passing a spending bill, a continuing resolution, or an omnibus bill, or whatever the hell they want to call it. Why isn't the world currency the euro? <laughs> That's a good question. I, uh, I, uh, I'm not sure if I'm smart enough to answer that, uh, uh, Sean. I, th- I think a lot of it just boils down to the fact the euro is uh, such a new currency. I mean, it's only been around for... Um, about a decade. And I mean, at the same point in time, too, look, the, the euro looks good against the dollar in some instances, but, you know, you don't want to be stuck uh, having to deal with all that debt in Greece and Italy and, you know, having to deal with, with their economy. They make uh, us look a lot frugal. Of they make us look frugal. Now, the difference is the difference is that they don't bring in enough. But, and this is where you come in, you realize that through their green agenda that they've been backdooring for the last two decades, the vast majority of our revenue is actually subsidies. So our government is doing something that if we owned a business, we'd go to prison for. They're mixing in <laughs> debt as revenue. So my argument, because we the, we the people who are not in on the scam, we the chumps who just constantly have to pay it off, I think the next movement of what should be, I guess they call it a tea party. I never liked that because I, it, it, it elected people like Adam Kinzinger. But the new wave of that, should simply be to advocate that the world stop being conned with the U.S. dollar. And after all, right now on today's marketplace, the world admits that the euro is stronger than the dollar. And I say rightfully so. So why not just turn it over? Because the only way you're really going to change things is when people rightfully go through the implosion that this country should go through rather than the fraud it perpetrates on a, on a daily basis in the Senate and in Congress. What do you think of that? What do I think of that? Geez, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I would say that I think um, I, you know, I think there's 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 a lot to be gleaned. But look, I mean, you know, we've had the dollar for um, you know since the since the early 1800s. It is the currency of the United States. It should be the strongest currency in the world. And I think right now one of the big issues is that we have a federal banking system with the Federal Reserve that is essentially uh, so focused on ensuring that their woke agenda gets implemented. I mean, you know, uh, today, for instance, President Biden, uh, one of his nominees ran into some trouble up here at, on Capitol Hill because she she's had actually communist? argued. <laughs> well, she's close enough, I think. Uh, yeah. she, uh, she had actually argued uh, for years that, that the banking industry and the financial regulators should come in and they should curtail loans to fossil fuel companies in an effort to combat climate change. And, I mean, this is just insane radical financial planning. But these are the types of people that President Biden wants to put on the Federal Reserve System. So when someone says to me, you know, well, why is inflation so high? Why can't the Federal Reserve do anything? Because they're focusing on absolutely the the wrong thing. There are Federal Reserve banks across this country that are more worried about the effect to climate change and racial inequality than they are worried about inflation eating away at the paychecks of hardworking Americans. And that's a significant problem. That's a significant problem. And and it's it's, it's been... um, Federal Reserve appointees of both parties. Jay Powell is, is uh, specifically one who uh, who was appointed under uh, Barack Obama, who you know uh, now is being supported by some Republicans, who has allowed this system 
to continue. And there is almost nothing that members of Congress can do about this because the only power they have over the Federal Reserve is specifically just to reappoint them for five or ten year terms. But they cannot, you know, have oversight over the Federal Reserve since they have nearly no oversight. They're not in charge of how much money the Federal Reserve can spend on staff or who it can hire. It is the only level of government that does not have uh, that is not subject to the appropriations process in Congress. And we're stuck with all these elite guys with Harvard MBAs and JDs from Yale. And what do they end up doing? They end up pushing woke agendas that are destroying the American dollar through inflation. And unfortunately, you know, it yeah. seems like now there's kind of a wake-up call happening. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, who knows who President Biden's going to end up nominating next? Because, unfortunately, the Senate's going to be in Democratic control for another six to nine months. Yeah. Biden's going to be in office for another, you know, three or four years. Uh, they're going to push to place so many of these woke activists in these federal roles right before the November election, so they're safe for another two years. You know, there's a thing here as I'm reading your, your article, as I'm listening to, there's been politicians mainly on the Republican side that have been going through the earmarks and the astronomical amount of legitimate fraud in it. And you rightfully touched on something. Inflation is in fact a tax, number one. Number two, it is the goal of a corrupt government because they want inflation for a litany of reasons, least of which is it, it, it almost kind of helps them in their debts situation to a certain extent. And now you've got a bunch of the slaves chanting for their own imprisonment as they're calling for the Federal Reserve to increase their own costs on things from their credit card to every other loan and, and how that will have a ripple through our supply chain of economics, which no one wants to talk about. But isn't there truly, I remember during the conservative movement of the Goldwater years, reading about it in history, and the big argument then that was put forward by Barry Goldwater and those conservatives back then was, we have an agreement that we stuck to as a nation called the Bretton Woods Agreement. That agreement was not just the responsibility to our constituents that we should abide by as a representative republic, but that agreement literally is to the world that we would not partake in such open and notorious corruption, such as paying, creating dollars to pay off our politicians and their districts. We are just illiterates now, and we're unaware of why we held the world currency title. And what I'm suggesting to you is that modern-day conservatives, modern-day politicians, simply run on the fact we broke that covenant to the rest of the world. We don't deserve to be the world currency, because until we go through that, and we're just going to continue to be the best of the worst, and that's always going to be our argument from now on. And we're not bound by any responsibility. I pose this to you. This omnibus bill that is stuffed under the cover of a war in Ukraine is illegal. And I don't care how many inside trading rats said, give me some and let's just do it. I think because we are the world currency, we should be held to, a, to an audit, to a different standard. And I want those things, such, something such as simple as I want to know how much of this is is created debt given specifically to s Democrat politicians? Because one thing I got in your article, more Democrats are in on this scam than Republicans. So why not force the legality of of the ability to print up debt in the way we're just accustomed to? I think there's kind of an interesting argument to be made that this uh, big spending bill should have obviously been delayed until, um, you know, economic analysts like the, like the Congressional Budget Office, which, which is fairly nonpartisan, you know, could have been able to ascertain if this was going to have any impact on inflation. That was the argument that Senator Rick Scott of Florida made. Um, unfortunately, there was so much pork stuffed in there that, that no one seems to have cared about that argument, and they just passed this bill willy-nilly, you know, even though 
Congress has been passing continuing resolutions or short-term government funding bills uh, for the past, you know, seven or eight or nine months. And it would have made no difference if they just passed another one for another three weeks and allowed this audit to have gone through. Um, I think more broadly, though, kind of on the on the on the Bretton Woods angle. I mean, you know, I think the the reason why Nixon took us off the you know off the gold standard was because a lot of other countries were devaluing their dollar and manipulating their currency. And that's something that, that that China currently does, and it's something that Russia is about to do because these economic sanctions are just absolutely destroying their country. So I think you know having the flexibility to respond to this and not necessarily being glued to um, you know, kind of a higher standard because our enemies obviously aren't being held to a higher standard or our global competitors aren't, I think is, is something that has to uh, be weighed against that argument. But I absolutely think, you know, this bill should have been audited. And I think, you know, you can keep throwing more money on the, on the fire. And I mean, look, you know, this week nothing's really happening in, in Congress, but two weeks from now they're going to start talking about ways they can revive the uh, $1.75 trillion Build Back Better Act now, just called Build Back uh, America. And this bill is going to do nothing except exacerbate inflation. But, you know, Democrats can't, you know, uh, cut the spending habit they have, and they're going to keep pushing it and pushing it. And, you know, eventually maybe Manchin will, will, will continue holding the line. Maybe he won't. I, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, there is no actual concrete inflation policy being pushed by the Biden administration. They first said it was transitory. Then they said it was going to be a short-term uh, issue that was going to go away. Then they blamed it on... Uh, the supply chain crisis, then they blamed it on, you know, skyrocketing demand because the economy was supposedly rebounding after the coronavirus. Then they started blaming it on uh, uh, a lot of other factors. And now they're blaming it on, on Putin instead of admitting the fact that they just spent a ton of money. They pumped money into the economy with that $1.9 trillion coronavirus bill at a time when there was a massive supply chain crisis. And that just fueled prices even higher. And now they're not taking the steps that are needed to actually design a plan to you know, right in, in inflation. And it's a shame to the American worker who, you know, is out there, who is uh, working just as hard, who, you know, has their faith that the, that the system's going to take care of them. But now they're seeing their paycheck shrink and they're seeing President Biden say, well, we're just going to throw more money your way. You know, we're, we're, without anyone really starting to think, well, this is probably just going to exacerbate the current inflation crisis. There's another aspect, and I was listening to every word you said, but I, I can't help but notice we we always claim that China, and I've heard this for decades, China is a currency manipulator. Russia is a currency manipulator. The reality is, in per dollars or whether you even include debt to GDP, we are the greatest currency manipulator in the history of the world, far more so than Venezuela. We have managed to bury ourselves uh, in, in this last two years. What's our debt to GDP ratio? especially if you and we have a manipulated debt we don't count unfunded liabilities if we were to do that wouldn't the cat be let out of the bag that the greatest currency manipulator in the history of currency is the united states of america uh potentially i mean you're absolutely right that there are a lot of unfunded liabilities you know i mean social security and, and medicare alone are um a significant problem to the u.s debt. now i'm not saying you know that, that, that there's going to be any quick or easy solution to either of those, but I think you're absolutely right that we just keep adding more and more debt to this, uh, uh, to this spending crisis that we have. And look, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's popular that if you're an elected official that you want to spend more, that you want to bring more money home. But I think the problem is people are starting to realize is that, you know, you can probably get away with doing that in the good times, but when you have a uh, global pandemic that shuts down the economy, when you don't do anything to pump more money into it, when the supply chain crisis uh, ensures that you're throwing more money at too few goods, I think the problem then becomes that at some point in time, you're either going to have to decide, okay, well, 
uh, you know, we're going to have to cut spending and we're going to have to figure out a way to bring back some of this money and rein in the um, uh, rein in the Federal Reserve. And, you know, there's not going to be any simple, easy answer to in- inflation, unfortunately. Like, you know, we learned that in the 80s, right? You know, inflation yeah. came out and people suffered for, you know, five or six years. And then eventually the, the economy rebounded. And I think that's the one thing that President Biden doesn't want to admit right now is that the the massive amount of money that he spent last year and it is continuing to spend is only causing uh, bigger problems down the line. They're just going to make this recovery more painful for the average American. You know, they're going to have to raise interest rates. They're going to have to cut spending. Uh, there might be a mini recession eventually in the future. And, you know, we're going to be stuck dealing with all this just because they passed a $1.9 trillion coronavirus bill last year, which for the most part didn't really do anything to help the economy. It's $2 trillion bucks, brother. That's a ton of money. You know, I, and when you look at the when you look at the currency manipulators around the world, yeah, you're, you know, Venezuela. If you if you go to GDP, Venezuela is three hundred fifty percent. Japan is obviously number two at two sixty. We're right up there at one hundred twenty eight percent. This is something that that used to really start political movements. The idea that America would be a hundred percent should have, used to be outrageous. When you look at the energy policies, which is what you focus on, do we have a policy that isn't subsidized? Do we have a policy? Um, in this in this new era of of bald faced lies that can hold on its own merit, is there a new solution to the so called global warming crisis that isn't subsidized? No, absolutely not, absolutely not at all. Um, unless we're going to start building, you know, a new nuclear power plant, which it just isn't going to happen, and it would take significantly longer. There is no actual solution to uh, the climate change crisis, and you know, and, and I'll use crisis uh, work you know, with hyphens around it, because we've been hearing for the past, you know, 20 or 30 years that we've only got five or 10 years to save the world. And, you know, lo and behold, we're still here. I remember in, in 2000, Al Gore said, we've got 20 years to save the world. Oh, you know, Al Gore is still flying around in his private jet, and, you know, the world is still here. Um, so I absolutely think that there is no clear indicative answer they have on how you both rein in energy costs and ensure that American gas prices are lower than ensure that American home heating prices are lower and then ensure that, that American energy jobs are going to increase uh, and, you know, uh, figure out a way to essentially, you know, meet all these radical Green New Deal energy goals that the Biden administration has. I mean, think about this, Sean. Biden is sending envoys to meet with Iran, to meet with Venezuela, to meet with the United Arab Emirates and, and, and with Saudi Arabia in hopes that they're going to pump more oil into the economy rather than opening up uh, you know, New Mexico and uh, federal land in Alaska for drilling when we have so much oil and so many natural resources here that can power the economy. Yeah. They can ensure that we can replace every single drop of Russian oil that uh, is not going to Germany, it's not going to Ukraine anymore. We could feed the whole world uh, and, and ensure it has the energy it needs, but they don't want to do that. And these guys that you're talking about. Change agenda. And these guys you're talking about make Putin look like a host at, a, at, at the Capitol Grill. I mean, it's astonishing to me. Harris, Alec, you know I love when you come on. I, I could talk to you for an hour, but I went along with you. Please come back because I can't wait to go through the green energy boondoggle with you. Thank you so much, Harris, for joining me. Sean, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Wouldn't have tolerated this kind of nonsense. I'm not tolerating it now. I see what you idiots are doing. You are going to hide this into a war in which you were bribed. Oh, you were. 
the Ukraine with Hunter and all the rest of it. They own how many of these Democrats? I'm not saying they're not victims of, obviously, what you see, Russian aggression, the former Soviet Union. We all know this, but it's been going on for decades. It's been a war there since 2014. Nobody wants to talk about it. And you're risking World War III. And it does have a nice cover for all of your financial skullbuggery. Mr. President, I'm not saying we wouldn't get our hair mussed. But I do say no more than 10 to 20 million killed. Tops. Uh, depending on the breaks. It'll be fine. The whole damn thing is Dr. Strangelove. Rob, or I'm sorry, Dave Villa Park. Oh, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Man, you, you're... Um... You're on the money again, man. I just, um, I appreciate your, I mean, you're just speaking truth to power and you're putting yourself out there. And I just have to say thank you. Um, oh, thank you. But, <laughs> well, it's obvious when you see all these mediums spewing the exact same talking points, when you have the internet that's censoring an alternative contrarian opinion, when they don't even want to talk about the actual history of these corrupt oligarch countries, and they are, both of them. And then they just they just victimize the people with no talk of, well, why didn't you do what uh, Trump did to Soleimani to Putin? I mean, if he's really that bad of a guy. And it, it yeah. smells a lot like the Middle East to me, but go ahead. Yeah, it does. Well, and the thing is, I've been getting into some uh, conversations with some family members, you know, and <laughs> basically I saw this really good uh, post somebody put on, on um on Twitter, and it said something along the lines, and I actually looked this up. It was uh, there's an article on the Independent in 2014, but this this article basically said, yeah, this this guy invaded or bombed seven countries and um, d- destroyed a hospital, and there's innocent children and civilians that were killed. And you probably think I'm talking about Putin, no, sir. Oh, that was one Barack Obama. And All you right. can look up the article. You can look it up. Twenty. 20- 14 and the independent well, how about nato and anyway. serbia we bombed them for 82 days we bombed the hospital nobody wants to talk about that too in the 90s joe biden came out and said he was sorry i mean this is this is one giant lie to me now i'm not suggesting there aren't atrocities there are but after all didn't they bribe enough democrats and republicans to just get away with it or are we going to underwrite every single one of these actions that we're not directly in on that's how i see it you know i mean i know it's not a popular opinion but, Dave, there's something when everybody's spewing the same nonsense and they want you to buy this, it's because they're hiding corruption and fraud. Thank you for the call, Dave. And I'll tell you another thing. Do you remember when Chucky Schmuckishur, with his doll hair sewn in his head, he was all oh, talking about how great it would be, how absolutely fantastic it would be for the post office. You remember the post office? A lot of money in the post office. I smell a rat with doll hair sewn to his skull. Early last year, Wisconsin defense contractor Oshkosh Defense secured a multi-billion dollar contract to build the next generation of mail trucks for the U.S. Uh Postal Service. The program aims to begin replacing the post office's crumbling 30-year-old vehicle fleet beginning next year. But the Oshkosh effort has come under fire for everything from a relative lack of electrified mail trucks to the bidding process itself. Now, a new report suggests that the new gas-powered trucks needed some strings to be pulled in order to be considered street legal at all. According to a report in Vice, an Environmental Protection Agency review of the process noted that the gas trucks would come in at a total vehicle weight of 8,501 pounds, a figure that combines the truck weight of 5,560 pounds with its estimated payload of 2,941 pounds. If that seems like an oddly specific cargo weight to you, you're not alone. 
It turns out that 8,500 pounds is the dividing line separating what the federal government considers a light-duty truck and a heavy-duty truck. That means that had the truck's payload been estimated at one pound less, it would have been subject to a host of regulations that don't apply to heavier trucks. And there you go. One pound. And they cook the books. They circumvent. They fix their own rig. This is one giant fraud on every single level. So as they go after businesses and they knuckle them under to buy all new equipment, why not just say you got one more pound than necessary? The only systemic problem in this country is systemic government corruption. And that's what people are going to have to start focusing on. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. How are you? You know, what you said at the... Oh, I'm good. How are you? How are you today? Wonderful. Good. Uh, what you said at the top of the show, uh, and a lot of what your guests uh, have said is so true. This country is broke beyond belief, and the sicko administration wants to send ammunition to help Ukraine... How about all the military technology that was left behind in Afghanistan? I mean, who's to say that we're not next on the hit list? Oh, that's Just the Taliban now. Our- Why would they want to attack us? They got everything they wanted from us. Now they're getting funding. Oh, they're getting foreign aid. They're getting all kinds of benefits. This is how you keep everybody happy. This is how you enrich your enemies and weaken your citizens. And after all, isn't that the Democrat plan? There isn't an well, enemy is. to this country who isn't richer, who isn't stronger as the citizens are weaker. That is Bidenomics. That is the Democrat mafia plan. Because what they've learned is they keep you on your knees, and then you need more spending. And they could pay off more of their own uh, constituents who bribe them, called campaign contributors. And then they got their union, gangster mafia, extortion mafia. Yep. It's all working beautifully, and it fits right into the feudalnomics that we'll be lucky if we're not like Venezuelans which I don't really have a problem with it. I don't have a dog left I like. I'll eat that son of a gun. Thank you, Teresa. Appreciate the call very much. Robert Bloomingdale. Happy spring, Sean. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm always wonderful. Yeah, the reason I was calling is that when you talking about the mail trucks, I hope they got the gas to fill those things up. Because here's a serious story. No, where no, I was, we'll, we'll, we'll order new ones. We'll have to do another bill. And order new ones. And it's one, we're already ordering the electric ones from our energy secretary. Granholm has stock in the company that got the electric co- contract. Yeah. Now we'll yeah. just have to order more and replace the new ones. But go ahead. No, yeah, I agree with you on that one. Yeah, no, we we're in your neck, you were neck in the woods out there in Elmhurst today. And gas over at the gas station over at the, by the tollway is 474. Yeah. I, I was coming home from my work in uh, Elgin, Illinois. And the gas pump over Speedway was at four. Uh, when I got the gas early in the morning, four seventy four, and now it's up to four ninety eight. Yeah. And uh, Jewel gas station in Bartlett, where I go past and get a car wash every night, five fifteen. We need to get that the pipeline no, built, or we're going to have gas shortages. What do you think? Socialism is expensive, Robert. You'll learn that. And eighty three cents of that is taxes goes right into that fat bastard governor's pocket for his slush fund. I'm in Florida. My gas is a dollar a gallon cheaper um and the restrictions are a little different and my governor fights for my freedom not my control david and lansing uh hey sean uh i think this war is uh by mistake or on purpose it's a distraction so i have one eye going one way and one eye going the other way like maybe a the good news is david i've seen your face and that's an improvement 312-642-5600 we'll be back with your calls and comments after this am560 the answer now you're talking, kid. Got some workout music going. All right. By the way, when we have to defend our country, 
our actual country when we're invaded, and I don't just mean from the Democrats that are the Marxist mafia that have overthrown Americanism. I'm talking about Rutin Tutin Putin or whatever third hellhole communist oligarch comes through. That's the kind of song I want playing from my car, right? Hanging out of the sunroof, my 50 cal. There you go, baby. Because uh, war is ugly. It's an ugly thing, but it's a good, good Trojan horse. It's a good shield. See, there was another little problem that happened last week. I had the clip. I didn't get to it. Fastest show on radio. Pfizer was forced to release some documentation of what used to be called side effects. Now is called adverse events, which I almost, you got to love it. A warm welcome to today's talk. It's Wednesday, the 9th of March. Now, I've been asked for a long time to look into these Pfizer documents and the Food and Drug Administration documents released as a result of the Freedom of Information request. And it's taken a while to work out what's going on here. But uh, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I'm going to show you what I've got. And it looks like in the first three months, there was 42,000 adverse events reported after the marketing of the Pfizer vaccine and he say 42,000 adverse now in order to fill out one of those documents each one each complaint is 30 pages they try to inundate you with paperwork so you don't fill it out you just say ah I'll take the Jimmy leg or the Bell's palsy or the twitch and ring it in my ears or whatever how else it complicates whatever else it's side effect also known as adverse events yeah that dropped last week because they had to get a judge to implement a Freedom of Information Act. So Pfizer, you know, the one that you keep hearing about, that they would have to uh, maybe reveal some of the stuff that's been going on. And in the meantime, guess what? Lori Lightfoot, rest of the Democrat mafia, they're still insisting you move forward with their mandates. We're actually at the Cultural Center right now. The mayor taking part in a symposium today uh, dealing with mental health and uh, violence in the city of Chicago. But she is also taking time to address those uh, vaccine mandates for city employees. The deadline. But what about the adverse events? You know, side effects? You're going to double down on that, huh? Benson? She had her Benson costume on today or was she dressed like in a skirt? Don't ever do that to to a skirt again. Lightfoot. Embarrassed yourself and the skirt idea. Is it really the end of the show, Squirrel Hands? You gotta be kidding me, man. Somebody call Larry Elder. I'm taking his hour too. Alright, in the meantime, I'll be back in 21.